Mike. We've got big things on the uh, on the horizon here. We are a little over a week away from the USDA report where we get uh, prospective plantings, we get quarterly grain stocks. Usually it's a big deal. Um, it doesn't feel like that's the, that's much of a story right now with this whole Russia-Ukraine thing. Uh, now, overnight, what we added sanctions to Chinese diplomats. Yes, <laughs> this is we're back to almost a trade talks type situation again. The only problem with it is we don't have the tweets that are going to be coming out to keep us on our toes. Yeah, yeah, we don't uh, have uh, a number one that uh, is patting himself on the back and and all that stuff. But we also, you know. I was not a fan of the uh, the tariffs and all that stuff. I don't think it achieved what it what we wanted it to, but you cannot argue with the fact that that also helped to kind of bring us up, brought, brought prices back up once the uh, once the demand for uh, for U.S. products uh, started to perk up from China. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now we've. Overshot to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it is interesting when you get uh, you get daily questions about well how high is this going to go? Almost like it <laughs> we're we're at the other uh, the other end of the uh, spectrum. We just I mean we can't believe it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just wildness. And I mean between headlines, Russia Ukraine, Russia saying that peace talks could be happening. Ukraine saying that they're not now they're going to happen, but they're not going like Russia's saying. But they're now going like Russia's saying. It's just a lot of back and forth, and all of that back and forth, and all that confusion has led us to basically where we currently are, which is a very sideways, given a large range, but very sideways market. For well, not only that, but the the decrease in volume that we've been talking about. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's boring. Yeah. It's very so, yeah. Every day, it's well. What's what's making wheat go up fifty cents or down fifty cents or whatever it may be? Or why are we fifty cents off the highs? And at this point, it just keeps going. It's the same same stories yesterday, just going the opposite way. We're still range bound, and we they chose a different word in the uh, in the headline today. So, yeah, it just. I mean, I guess we do get into talking a little bit about this USDA, these USDA numbers, and and what it could mean for it. We're getting estimates out now, um, anywhere from what uh, a million, million and a half higher on beans to. Three million higher on corn to to two and a half million lower on on corn. I mean, nobody knows. All the acres and none of the acres. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, our own uh, our own numbers came out last week, and we had what ninety two ninety two five on uh, on corn, and we had eighty eighty nine ish on uh, on beans, which is. Very similar to where we were at on our USC or on our uh, uh, conference in January. So it's, I mean, these numbers are not exciting at this point, um, I, because mainly it's like, well, where are we getting them? You know, we're pulling acres from, maybe we're pulling acres from hay. We're pulling acres from some of the third tier, uh, like, who knows? I mean. You know, black-eyed peas, uh, you know, <laughs> some of the sorghum and stuff like that. But 
it's there's there's a lot of question marks like we always talk about and at the end of the day i don't know that it really matters we're getting rain or we're expect and we're expected to get rain in a good portion of the midwest in the spring but it's still the dry period in the summer that everybody's going to really focus on yeah and it, yeah, it just really seems like no one cares too much about that report because not only are we going to be looking really what's going on with weather as we get into the growing season, but you still have this overlooming question about if Ukraine's going to plant plants, how much they're going to plant, mm-hmm. and everything in regards there. So a lot more focus is on that because it could have a huge difference on whether or not they actually end up planting or they cut 30%, 40%, whatever percent they end up doing but that's where a lot of trade is focused and as of right now you're just seeing like you said low volume mm-hmm. you're seeing range bond markets you're seeing spread activity you're seeing more so day trading taking place and yeah that report just seems to be a dead duck until we can figure out yeah. what's going on with the world environment and it's all macro at this point well and, and you know new crop beans well beans in general have a have a an inverse structure uh to them um corn is back to back to par for uh, for the entire 22-23 crop uh, year. I mean, at one point, I think every single uh, contract from December 22 to July 23 were trading the exact same price in corn today. It was like, uh, what was it, 670, 669, something like that. They were all trading the exact same price. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean... It's, you know, there's no carry structure. There's no inverse. It's just, and then what are we seeing with basis? Where's basis going right now? Because if you're talking old crop, it continues to weaken, right? We've seen it uh, back off uh, basically since the start of the war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now that, uh, now we're not really, you know, pricing off of May. We're pricing off of July. Um, it's just, there's there's a lot of, a lot of decisions that need to be made. Customers to continue and producers need to continue to be watching the headlines. They also need to be continuing to focus on marketings. You know, it's it, it's not one of those years where you can just say, well, the price is going to continue to go up to the moon. You still have to do something. So, Yeah, and if it's not this year, looking out those more deferred years are definitely going to be key going forward. And it's very easy to watch this market go much nowhere and hear us talk about how boring it is and just kind of sit and wait and dive into that mentality. But it's still something like you talked about, something you need to be watching every day to make sure that you're getting to price levels, you have your plan in place, and you're watching this. Because while we do see new crop corn continue to make new contract highs, it's also bear spreading into those contract highs, which is not the best sign going forward. So. Now, what do you, what do you, you know, you mentioned multiple contract years or multiple growing seasons. I mean, what do you do with uh, your 23 crop that is still almost a, a little over a year from coming out of the bag? Or even the 24 crop. It's not like you can do anything in the options to protect it. That's going to be ridiculously expensive. It's going to be a very thin market out there. I mean, is it all in the cash side of things? Is that where you have to play that? See them cash. You can do it in futures. You might be able to. You might be able to find some kind of option. But if you're buying an option, you're gonna have to most likely sell something alongside of it because it's gonna be so much time value. It's ridiculous. But you could piece futures in there. They got December future contracts going out to 2025, 
And we saw after the run-up in 2012, you're looking at 2014, you're looking at some of these contract high prices. You're seeing 620 630 things along those lines, but, yeah, you're sitting at $4, 420 mm-hmm. Yeah. And there wasn't any resurgence up to those levels. It's an awful long time to hold a futures contract. Right. I mean, that's a lot. I mean, it's not, you know, it has nothing to do. The margin will change little bits here and there. But since it's so far deferred, it's not going to be nearly as expensive as front month. But that's a long time to hold a futures contract, mm-hmm. you know. And is there, a, is there a situation where you, you know, you feel like, well, uh, this is good enough. I, I can lift this hedge. Or do you just hang on to it all the way through December of 23 or 24? Something that you should most likely be hanging on to it, at least until you're actually making the cash sales and you get mm-hmm. close enough to know what's going on. But just like when crude went negative 40 bucks, the best thing you could have done was hedge up your fuel costs and hold on to that for a year, year and a half, or shoot, two years now. Yeah. Um, and just hold on to those. So this is something that you're looking long term and saying, okay, what is the macro environment? What's pumping up this year? Is it something that can remain for years on out? And is it something that I can withstand a drop in price with where I know my inputs were back after the 2020, well, 2012 rally okay. and things along those lines? Um, where do we, I mean, what do we, where do we stand on, on South America? I mean, the, the, you know, we know that soybean production off of where it originally was thought of, uh, you know, months ago, uh, off substantially. Mm-hmm. Corn seems to be hanging in there. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, are we are we gonna see some of that corn from South America fill in the gaps for what doesn't ship out of the Ukraine right now, and potentially some of the new crop that uh, might not get planted out of Ukraine? Is there is there a big competition there uh, for u.s corn yeah at this point it's going to be especially if they don't end up planting it's not going to be so much competition but where can i get crop from mm-hmm. we saw it back in 2018 it's it's something that china is going to purchase what they need to purchase and right now you're seeing like you said a big cut to beans not as big of a cut to corn and you've been seeing china coming in here buying a bunch of new crop beans yeah but not so much touching so much the new crop corn so well, and it should be noted. I mean, they were not a big corn buyer for the from the United States uh, before the trade war, anyway. Right. Yeah. So, the whole GMO thing that yeah. happened, and but um, there is now signs that they are starting to look at some of our new crop, though. Because last week's report, we did see them make minor cancellations of old crop corn, but they did, and they were the entirety of the new crop purchases as well for, uh, for wheat. So. There is signs that they're poking around for some interest. They're definitely not in it as much as they have been for the beans. Um, but it's something we definitely have to watch. And right now you're keeping a premium on this market that is helping do what the market's made to do, which is keep crop here stateside. So we uh, shift our gears a little bit and start to look, and we talked a little bit about weather. Um Winter wheat coming out of dormancy in uh, in the plains. You've got Kansas and, and Oklahoma. Some of that area getting very good rains uh, here recently, and with more on the way. Um, do we price any of that in? 
I mean, uh, spring rains are the most important when it comes to winter wheat. Yeah, as of right now, it doesn't seem like we're pricing that in right now because of yeah, everything that's going on with war. Ukraine. But it is something that we saw it with Argentina this past year. They got a good late rain, and it completely helped out the crop. Whoever is talking for us for the uh, winter conference on wheat, that guy, uh, <laughs> he every single year talks about, oh, right, yeah, how it is totally the spring rains that yeah. are yield determinant, and the fact mm-hmm. that we're getting them right now is absolutely amazing. Um, so if we do solve or even come to some kind of understanding on this Russia-Ukraine situation, it's something that you may not see this market stay up very long. Right. So. Well, they're fertilizing winter wheat over in uh, in the Ukraine. Obviously, you know they do have their uh, their issues with supply. Um, they also are getting ready to plant a spring wheat crop fairly soon. We're going to plant a spring wheat crop. That's are we going to add add spring wheat uh, acres in uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, maybe even Montana um, as an alternative to high input corn. Or maybe higher input soybeans. Maybe that's what our uh, acreage survey suggested. So <laughs> I mean, it's it, it just seems like that you can make the case that if this was a year to save on some of those inputs, that might be it. But then again, everybody you know in the Twitter sphere, or whatever you want to call it, Twitterland, wants to talk about a food crisis or famine or whatever. I don't think we're talking famine. I think we're talking inflationary prices for for foodstuffs and and whatnot and and that will continue to lead lead things higher but just like in 2012 at some point i mean the funds backed off they mm-hmm. quit buying it yeah it became it be, i don't know that it was necessarily the story was over i mean the drought was pretty bad well, um, yeah it just gets to a point that at what level do they have to look at the position that they built and say, I need to be able to sell this to someone and this market is running low on buyers. Yeah. So, well, and, and 2008 was, was similar. I mean, 2008, uh, we had the, the food crisis. You saw rice prices and, and wheat and, and whatnot and barley go through the roof up until I think the end of February and, and corn and beans rallied following uh, crude all the way up to uh, July. And then, the market fell apart. That's when, you know, and we've talked about it before. I talk about this with a lot of my customers. That's when the recession really took hold, the Great Recession, as they want to call it. And, I mean, given now that we know that uh, we're looking at rate hikes of roughly seven times here in, in 2022 and potentially getting to where uh, two, two and a half percent uh, or, or higher or maybe even three percent. Uh, on rates, I mean, it really feels like we could we could be in line for a, a pretty sizable recession, which you know people were struggling before. It's going to get worse. You know, gas prices will come down, but you know, there's going to be a lot of other problems that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot, and we've talked about it many times on the show before. There's a lot coming for this year, and. It's something you definitely need to stay on top of, and right now it is slower, so it's easier to take a step back and look at your plan, make sure it's in place, mm-hmm. and have something brewing because it, as it already has been, it will probably most likely continue to be a whirlwind type of trade year and something that 
when you do get down moments like this, making sure that all your ducks are aligned are going to be a good place to be. So you guys haven't figured anything out yet, please give us a call at 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538. Or you can find us on the web, allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one. Thank you.